Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to another edition, a weekend edition of Ruthless Talk. There is no time to waste. Your boy is going to jump straight into this review today. You guys know what today is. Today is a SmackDown review from last night. So before we get into that, um, I know I haven't been on a very consistent content schedule as of late. A lot of stuff in life <laughs> has been uh, has happened over the past several days. So I do appreciate everybody's patience and all that stuff. Uh, but make sure you guys stay notified for any upcoming episodes. And of course, man, stay tuned um, for next week as Brian Thomas, my co-host, will be back. So once Brian Thomas is back, we'll definitely be more on a consistent schedule moving forward. Of course, we got Crown Jewel next week, so make sure you guys stay tuned for a review for that said show, as well as we got Survivor Series coming up. So there's a lot of good stuff coming up, as well as AW Full Gear for this fall. So a lot of juicy stuff, man, a lot of juicy stuff coming your way. But I do apologize to everybody, as like I said, you know, life has been... Uh, has been definitely busy over the last several days. Um, so I do apologize for not being as consistent, at least over this past week or two. Um, so, but make sure you, you guys stay notified as once Brian Thomas comes back, uh, we will be back on a more consistent schedule moving forward. Um, as well as make sure you stay tuned as we have a very special announcement coming up for a specific event, a specific um, episode uh, that we have coming up for you guys, which involves Survivor Series. Uh, that will be taking place once Brian Thomas comes back. That'll be November 2nd. Of course, if anything changes, we'll keep you guys updated in regards to uh, when our next episodes are going to be. Hopefully, I'll try to get an episode out to you guys for Monday Night Raw. That's going to be for Halloween. Uh, my goal is to try to get that earlier on in the afternoon. Um, if not, of course, again, just stay updated. I'll make sure um, to keep you guys you know, in the loop if there will be an episode released for uh, Monday Night Raw or not. So but let's dive straight into this, man. Now, again, I know I've missed or haven't been able to at least cover um, some stuff that's happened over the past uh, several days since we talked about Monday Night Raw. If you guys haven't seen the Monday Night Raw review, I pretty much went freaking off. <laughs> I pretty much went off from just, again, man, just another lazy, redundant show that Triple H and Suits and Ties just completely phoned it in and packed it in. And your boy was not having any of it. Nah, nah, as LA Knight would say. Nah, nah, we, we, we ain't going to let that shit slide. No more. So I freaking went off on that stuff, man. So if you haven't seen that rant, that freaking review, or whatever you want to call that said review, that is up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now for you guys to go check out. So uh, before we do get into SmackDown, man, I do want to cover some stuff. You know, in speaking of that review, um, that I did for Monday Night Raw just a couple days ago. You know, one of those specific topics was about Becky Lynch and this whole NXT Women's Championship, right? Well, um, Halloween Havoc, NXT's Halloween Havoc was just this past Tuesday, and Becky Lynch ended up dropping that said title to Valkyria uh, for night one, as night two of Halloween Havoc is going to be this coming uh, this coming Tuesday. Uh, but Valkyria is your new NXT women's champion new nxt women's champion as she defeats uh becky lynch uh this past tuesday uh definitely a very solid match uh no i mean i was able to at least go back and watch this said match wasn't able to watch it live but from what i was able to watch it was damn freaking solid good matchup and yeah man um definitely was not expecting uh for becky lynch. i don't know why i was just not expecting becky lynch to drop that said title I was maybe expecting her expecting her to maybe drop that at another big NXT pay-per-view event on a Saturday or Sunday event like they did for No Mercy not too long ago. Um so that was definitely uh that that was definitely a a very an eye opener there. Uh but man, thank fucking god. <laughs> I I said it on our Instagram as well as our TikTok, man, and of course on our Facebook page and all of our social medias, you know. And look, here here's what I will say about Becky. Because I know as of late, since Becky Lynch has, has won this NXT championship, I've kind of been giving her a hard time. But that doesn't, you know, take away of how I look at Becky Lynch as a said talent. I mean, Becky Lynch is a solid talent. And I spoke heavily about her match with Tiffany Stratton and how wonders that did for her. And for this match with Valkyria, this obviously did wonders for Valkyria, putting her now in the pretty much 
in the top spot of the NXT women's division. The other upside is that that NXT championship can stay on freaking NXT, right? So, you know, like enough of Becky Lynch bringing that title to Monday Night Raw just to just to put everybody on the map, right? No, freaking what she did to Tiffany Stratton and Valkyria was putting them on the map. But just going to people like Indy Hartwell and freaking people like Tegan Knox and, and saying that we put them on the map like, guys, that's fucking BS. She's going to all of these talents that need proper booking now more than ever. And, and for her to just beat all of them just makes absolutely freaking no sense. But when you put, when you, you put a certain match in a pay-per-view feel, a good fight feel then that's what makes it freaking special. It's it, it's in much as it sucks the fact that Tiffany Stratton had to drop that said title to Becky at least for the first matchup, but that second matchup man was damn freaking honestly, I mean, it's it's on the table for one of the best women's wrestling matches so far in this calendar year. Um I, I think anybody can agree with me and with that said statement, but and now for Valkyria, where it may not be to that same degree of a great matchup that that was Stratton and Becky Lynch at No Mercy, but still damn freaking solid for what it was. And now Valkyria is at the top of that NXT women's division. And now she can take that championship and she can elevate that said title as well as the rest of that NXT women's division. As you know, of course, you guys know, I mean, Tiffany Stratton, she's already bound to be on the main roster anyway. And Valkyria, now she's won that championship. And, you know, again, props, props to Becky, you know, props to Becky for, for doing the deed as much as I just freaking just could not stand her bringing that title to Monday night raw and just beating people like Indy Hartwell and Tegan Knox and all these other ladies, at least for Tiffany Stratton and Valkyria's sake, it did wonders for them outside of that. When it comes to Indy Hartwell, Tegan Knox, I wish we could have just done more in regards to them being main roster talents and them just going after a, a, a developmental NXT championship. For those women, it's just not a good look. And I hope that just makes sense to everybody. But the title's off of her. Thank fucking God. Valkyria can take that title. She can elevate this NXT women's division. It's going to be interesting to see where Becky Lynch does go from where, where, where she does go from here as we now get closer to Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. Again, man, just with Becky Lynch... Just, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, they've been teasing Rhea Ripley and Becky. You know, that's something that you'll probably see for this coming WrestleMania. That's that's probably a said match that Triple H suits and ties that wants to save that for for WrestleMania for this coming for this coming year in 2024. So that's kind of something that I can see where Becky Lynch's direction is now heading to. So even though, even though with Becky Lynch and people like Bianca and people like Charlotte, there's just no need for them to be just thrusted so immediately back into a title picture. That's just, you know, realistically, that's probably what WWE is banking on to do. You know, we've seen the face-offs before in the past and the backstage segments with Rhea and Becky. So that's something that I'm sure that WWE has set and planned for, uh, for the road to WrestleMania once we hit um once we hit 2024 for this coming for this coming uh upcoming calendar year so yeah so that is it for uh for at least for nxt talk because i did want to talk about that overall i thought you know halloween havoc overall was a decent show but obviously of course that was the main topic in regards to that becky lynch dropping the uh the championship and of course we have uh carmelo hayes and dragon off going after the nxt championship of course there's an angle with trick williams as trick williams was supposed to be in a fatal four-way match and he was taken out backstage and now there's suspicion that it's Carmelo Hayes which it probably is going to be and I said this as well in our Facebook group you know people on our Facebook group and other social media platforms I said listen it's sitting in their lap right it's sitting in their lap there the, the it's it's going extremely well as of right now now all you got to do is just continue to ride that freaking wave there's no possible way you can f this up this has the potential to be really, really good. You just, you just gotta let Carmelo as well as Trick do their thing and really make this believable and really make that special. So we'll see in regards to Halloween Havoc to see what, uh, how things unfold and changes of uh, direction in regards to Carmelo um, as well as Dragonoff in, in that uh, NXT Championship. 
Uh, but let me also get to AEW before we do get into SmackDown here. You know, AEW, and I said it uh, last week, man, AEW has, is doing really, really solid stuff. Now, I wasn't able to watch a or Dynamite, AEW Dynamite in full, um, you know, and but I was able to catch a lot of good stuff, man. And, and some of that stuff was Swerve Strickland invading Adam Page's home. Like that shit was freaking gold, man. And again, you, and, and also as well as Christian Cage um, and the shtick that he's doing. Of course, you've got Sting and now he's uh, he's on the uh, retirement um, road as his, his, his last match that's now been announced. It's going to be for AEW Revolution 2024. So now we're on the uh, we're, we're on the last stages of Sting's career. As Tony Khan, or he gave Sting a gift, which was the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. That was freaking eye-opening as well. Christian Cage and the promos that he's cutting. I mean, just every time when Christian Cage is on your television screen, you want to, your eyes want to be glued to that television screen to see what comes out of his mouth. What crazy shit that he fucking says coming out of his mouth. Props to Christian, bro. He's putting on the best work that he, he's, he's done in a long time in his career. He's firing on all cylinders, as well as the story that he's telling with Edge. I mean, Edge is backstage. He's very conflicted in regards to well, Adam Copeland. You know, I was, fuck it. I'm still going to call him Edge. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but freaking Edge, Adam Copeland, you know, he states that he's not going to fight him. You know, this is, of course, you know, his friend that that he's, you know, that he's known for now for 40 plus years and stings in the back. Like, listen, like you got to freaking wake up. Like, this is like, this is not your friend that you've known for 40 years. Like you need to wake up before it's too freaking late as you know, that could be a tease to where it could be edge partnering up with Darby Allen and staying against freaking Christian and his freaking cronies. So, and you can tell like the look and the mannerisms with edge, like, I really don't want to fight this dude, man, as much as, as much as of a, an arrogant prick that he is. Like, you know, he, he's looked as family, you know, for, with my kids and everything else. So I just, I love that, man. It's the believability in this aspect. I always talk about believability and that's what Edge and Christian, at least in regards to Edge's side of the story and what he's trying to tell with Christian, like it's the believability. It's like, I came back, you know, because I wanted to tag with Christian for one last time. I want us to end our careers as a tag team. And he's just like, I'm confused by the way he's acting. And then he told like a backstory in regards to maybe why Christian is, is acting the way that he's acting. It's just, it's so good stuff, man. It's just, it's little things, bro. Is it, is it anything spectacular? No, but it's very, but it's simple. It's very effective. And it's something that you can latch onto because it's believable because you know the history between Edge and Christian and, and all and all of that jazz, man. So really good stuff there. And I and I go back to Swerve Strickland and you know invading Adam Page's home. You know they were in a freaking six man tag, and I was like, okay, we're we're having a match with with the Elite against the Hardy Boys and Isaiah Cassidy. I'm like, okay, this like what are we doing here? So the match ends, and then we cut to freaking. We cut to the Tron and it's Swerve Strickland and he's invading his home. I mean, I don't know if Adam Page just had the fucking door unlocked, <laughs> but uh, that was like, I had to go back and watch that. It looked like he just entered straight from the front door. It's like, bro, do you lock your doors or what the fuck are you doing? But anyway, um, and I like the fact that Prince Sonata was also holding the camera. Like it's the believability, right? There's so many like segments that they do where you cut you cut to like a different room, let's say backstage or whatever setting that they're in. And there's already like a cameraman, a cameraman or woman in the freaking in the setting to where like you enter in a room or such. And there's already like a production, a production crew already in that said room. It's like, okay, how really believable is that? Like you're trying to make this segment very personal, very believable when there's already cameras set up in that room, like in, in plain sight. You know, but at least with Prince Nada, like, okay, the only camera that was shown was the camera that he was filming through. I believe it was his cell phone or whatever. And he, like, he went to Adam Page's, uh, his son's crib and he's like, you know, and he takes his freaking one of his merchandise and he places it in the crib. There's probably nobody in that crib as it was angled, like, to a way where you couldn't see his kid. But the believability is that, like, he's lying in the crib and he's talking to Adam Page's son. It was just so fucking well done. Adam Page's, like, his response to where he had to just sprint up the rampway and he had this like, oh my God, I have to go here. Like this fucking dude's in my house. So that was really solid, man. Like, again, for a guy that like 
going into it, I wasn't that interested in Hangman Adam Page and Swerve. I really haven't, even though I've I've definitely have gained a lot more respect for Swerve Strickland and what he's been doing to elevate his career. And good for him. I mean, him and Prince Nada, he's got the he's got the freaking he's got the freaking dance that everybody freaking loves, right? But still, I was like Adam Page and Swerve. I'm like, okay, they put on a really solid match at Wrestle Dream, but you gotta give me just a little bit more. And they freaking did that this past uh, this past Wednesday. So it's gonna be interesting. There's probably gonna be a rematch, maybe some type of stipulation between uh, Hangman and Swerve. So again, man, just just a little just a little bit of insight there, man. And of course, you got MJF as well as. Uh, you know Jay White as they're they're getting set up for a match. You, we still don't know who who this masked person is that stole MJF's Devil's Mask. Um, and then if, and then there's a match set up for AW Collision. You have Kenny Omega as well as MJF as that match is going to be for the AW World Championship for uh, for tonight actually for tonight's Collision. So as much as and listen i know people are like you know they they're going crazy over it it's omega it's 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 mjf and i know why people would get excited but at the same time man it's like for aw collision who we we already know that they're not able to draw in that many fans because it is a saturday night you know as it is and you know as of late they've only been maybe able to draw in maybe 500 some odd thousand viewers so to put that type of match, Omega and MJF, and to place it on a Saturday night collision, oh, come on, man. That that's like that dessert, like a match, like the first ever type of match, right? Or a match of that magnitude. That deserves a big stage, man. To just throw that and waste that just to build up MJF and Jay White. I just, guys, I just, I just think that we can do better. I can understand where people are coming from. Like, oh, but I'm still excited to see the match. I hear you. But I'm just saying, like, could we be doing more? Because I know maybe down the road, that's something like a said few that you would want to do, right? But you go back once you have this matchup, it's like, okay, we've already seen this match before. What else do I need to see in that said match that I haven't already seen? Now that you're trying to tell a certain feud, I hope that makes sense to everybody. So that that was just going through my mind in regards to that. But you got MJF and Kenny Omega. I'm gonna enjoy it for at least for what it is. Um and, and that's and that's pretty much it, man. So MJF is doing his thing as a babyface. Um, you got Jay White and the um and the Bullet Club Gold. Um uh, the acclaimed is also involved in this as well. Not that big of a fan of all these bodies being involved in, in, in this whole shtick is, of course, you still got Adam Cole, who's on the shelf with the injury. So with the amount of bodies that we're adding in now, like that's also a red flag that I have. But still, at least there's there's dots to connect. So and, and there's and there's a conversation to be had. So and, and that's and that's that's my take, man. So listen, props to over the last two weeks, props to Tony Khan, AEW. They've been a. They've been doing a really tremendous job in regards to storytelling and really doing a better job to try to connect with their fan base other than just a great technical wrestling match. Thank, like, you know, thank you, man. You know, that's what you got to do. And maybe this is finally a sign to where, I mean, again, hopefully I'm just, you know, just fingers crossed here, but maybe this is a sign where finally Tony Khan has figured it out. And he understands that you need to give people a reason to care about the people that you have on your roster, right? More storytelling, more in-ring psychology, more stuff that's believable, right? Less, you know, 20 plus minute matches in the middle of your show, you know, just stuff like that, man. It wasn't a great AW Dynamite, but there was a lot that you could sink your teeth into, and, and and it's noticeable. It, it's very very noticeable from I mean, I mean again from from people who have seen this podcast since since the first day we've started. We've ripped apart this freaking show for you know, for just countless of, of reasons for just being just so run of the muck. Just a bunch of matches. Just a just another a show that you could just see on a live event. You know, like a live event of an AEW show or whatever. So, so finally, man, you know, hopefully Tony Khan, it seems like maybe this is a sign to where this company is slowly starting to figure out and then, you know, just keep building up from there, man, you know, grab one, two, three storylines 
that you get people captivated and you just keep the ball rolling with that man so so th those are my takes man in regards to this week in regards to um nxt uh halloween havoc as well as AEW, man, at least, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, that has the wrestling world talking, which, of course, is Swerve Strickland, that whole home invasion segment. And, of course, you've got Christian and Edge, of course, Sting and his whole retirement. And then, of course, you got MJF and now you got Jay White. So there's some stuff to sink your teeth into, but you, but they got to keep going, man. So that's that's my take in regards to AEW and my take in regards to Becky Lynch dropping her title from this past Halloween Havoc. Um, as I'll probably talk a little bit about Halloween Havoc uh, once Brian Thomas is back on the show, that'll be on Thursday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. All right, y'all. So without further ado, I'm going to dive straight into SmackDown. This was SmackDown from last night. So last night, SmackDown was on was on uh, Fox Sports 1. They were moved off of Fox because of the MLB World Series. So I'm sure that that rating is not going to be as fondly as uh, as WWE would like it to. So that's something that, you know, just had to kind of just bring up there. But so this show was on Fox Sports 1 from last night, as well as uh, they also recorded another show uh, later that said night, a pre-tape show as, you know, next week they're going to be in, uh, they're going to be at um, Saudi for Crown Jewel. So they're going to be set up for, uh, for that moving forward. Um, so next week's SmackDown will be pre-tape. So make sure you guys stay tuned for next week's uh, good, the bad, or the ugly for Crown Jewel, as me and Brian will be doing a show covering that said pay-per-view. All right, man, without further ado, let's jump into SmackDown, baby. Friday Night SmackDown, this was October 27th, 2023, live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Show starts off with the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman by his side. They hit the rampway, as this was the contract signing between Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight. Speaking of L.A. Knight, as soon as Roman Reigns, as Pyro's about to hit, he's hoisting up that championship, and L.A. Knight's music freaking hits mid during his mid-entrance. Uh, as he's about to hoist up the championship, his music gets cut off, and it's L.A. Knight's music that freaking hits. And he doesn't even acknowledge the motherfucker. <laughs> freaking love that, man. Roman Reigns' shtick is all about acknowledgement. The dude just walks right past him. He's up on the rampway. Roman Reigns is on the rampway. He's like looking over like, who the fuck does this dude think he is? As as uh, LA Knight marches straight to the uh, straight to the ring as they get set up for the contract signing. Nick Aldis is in the ring. Of course, the new general manager of SmackDown. As not only does he interrupt him mid-entrance, mid right? But he also sits at the head of the contract table. He's the head of the table. Paul Heyman is trying to move the table and LA Knight's just like, nah, nah, like freaking nah. It's like, it's time for you to sign that contract, speaking to Roman. It's time for you to sign that contract and sign that title away. Yeah, as freaking just... Freaking awesome, man! I, I got I got words to I got words to say in regards to uh, in regards to this whole segment, or in regards to L.A. Knight and how he was portrayed in this whole show. So, like, freaking L.A. Knight just signs the contract right away. He said a few words and he just signs it right away. Again, he's sitting at the head of the table. Roman Reigns is on the side of the table. So, again, and that's the thing. Like, that's Roman Reigns' shtick, right? Like, that's what. And now here comes this dude, Lay Knight, this cocky freaking dude that's the biggest rising star on SmackDown. And now he's stepping up to Roman, and now he's taking that head of the table spot. Just beautifully done. The the mannerisms from Roman is fucking priceless. Thinking like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Interrupting my freaking entrance and taking the head of the table from me from this freaking table. It was just, it was, it was so good, bro. It was so freaking good. Roman Reigns calls him an idiot. It's like, dude, like who you just signed a contract like that fast, like that quickly. Like you've never done this before, right? Like this is, this is your first contract signing. Is it not better yet? This is, have you ever, have you even had a title match before? So he's like going into that whole shtick, like kind of a similar, similar promo that he cut on Cody Rhodes in their build up to WrestleMania uh, just a few months ago. Um, you know, fans start to chant that Roman is scared. Roman signs the contract. He goes up to leave, but LA Knight's like, nah, nah, nah. He's like, he's like, listen, you sit back down. I want you to acknowledge me. He said that, you know, and I quote, um, and he said, and he admits like, listen, yeah, this is my first title match, but you know what? I only need one time. You know, this is only this is my first time and I only need this one shot. Um, and he talks about, listen, you know, when you were failing over and over, 
busy doing suffering succotash. <laughs> Who remembers that fucking promo, that suffering succotash promo? Um, <laughs> just really good stuff from LA Knight. Um, and he listen, he's like, when you've been out here saying suffering succotash to everybody, I've been out here telling everybody whose game this is, which is LA Knight. Yeah. So freaking Roman's like, he just freaking has enough. He just flips the freaking table over. He attacks LA Knight. LA Knight regains control. Jimmy Uso gets involved and he gets sent through the tape, gets sent through a table that was set up by Roman. Go figure. Uh, he gets sent through that table, you know, just for, uh, you know, just for good measure there. So, and Roman Reigns retreats up the rampway and LA Knight stands tall. So, hey, decent segment. Uh, anything that was gr anything great or spectacular? No. But here's what I really, truly appreciated about this segment. This made LA Knight look like a star. I mean, Ro I mean, Roman Reigns was not hesitant to make this dude look like a legit star in this freaking segment, interrupting his entrance taking the head of the table, right? And and just making him retreat up the rampway. Just really good stuff, man. Just portraying this dude to be a legit threat to make LA Knight continue this momentum that he has rocking with. Now, here's also the blunder to this is that he's going to lose this opportunity. He's going to lose this said matchup next week. Like it's, it's, it's a given, right? So again, the question is, and I also said this last week as well, is where does he go from here? You know, where does LA Knight go from here in regards to the Royal Rumble, in regards to WrestleMania? And I'm, I, you know, and I just hope that this dude just doesn't get thrown in with like a Grayson Waller or an Austin Theory. I fucking hope not, man. So, yeah, I, I mean, just, but really good stuff. This was really good stuff, man. Just LA Knight, just everything, just he, just the way he carried himself, the way he felt a certain type of way. Roman's facial expressions and telling everything within the moment. Just very, very well done, man. I appreciated this segment for what it was and what it made LA Knight look as such. So that was really good stuff there uh, all around. Um, and But again, the other blunder is the fact that this match is just being rushed, bro. And that's the thing that WWE just does this a lot. They tend to rush things a lot when it comes to certain matchups, right? Oh, let's let's get this matchup out of the way. Let's get this matchup out of the way. But then moving forward, it's just like long term, you don't have anything else. You threw all your chips into one basket. And now, again, we're approaching Royal Rumble WrestleMania for this coming 2024, this upcoming calendar year. And... Is there something for LA Knight? Now we're going to find out sooner rather than later. But I just wish that, you know, again, I, I said it last week. I know I sound like a broken record, but this match just deserves just a little bit more of a better, more of a better stage than just a crown jewel Saudi show. Um, if I'm being honest with you, I think LA Knight has deserved that to at least maybe drop it at least at a Royal Rumble. Um, so... But look, man, really good stuff from this uh, from this contract signing. Um, Roman Reigns just he put this dude over tremendously. L.A. Knight was firing on all cylinders. Um, and here's the thing I will say about L.A. Knight: even though L.A. Knight is tremendous on the mic, there is times to where he is not so great on the mic. I think he tends to really try to rush, ru tries to rush into his promos. But now he kind of slows it down, really telling the story, not saying too much of his shtick. And, and and LA Knight was damn solid, man. He proved that, you know, reminding people of how good he freaking is and just and just how good he freaking looked, man. He he looked so good in this segment and, and for, for what this was. Um, and I just truly appreciate that, man. For everything that me and Brian have stated about LA Knight and how this dude needs to be booked as such, and how he looks now and such within that within that time frame. You know, we talked about seven to nine months ago, right? Seven to eight, nine months ago, the LA Knights, like you like, where is he at? He's he's not on he's not on WrestleMania, he's not on any of these pay-per-views. Where is he at? And now finally, finally, this dude, not only does he have a freaking place, does he feel special, but he's at the top of the top right now, going one on one with Roman. And again, I just I just wish that this wasn't rushed, man. I just wish that there wasn't rush, and I really wish we could have set this up for even a bigger a setting, a bigger said moment for, for, for what this could be. Up next, we have Carlito and Santos Escobar versus the Street 
profits. The street profits, they got new, uh, they got a new entrance, they got a new look, or somewhat of a new look, but at least like a different persona to their entrance, man. And it's what I've been screaming for, bro. <laughs> Just something different other than the original shtick that is the street profits, right? You know, I get it. They still don't really technically have a name. And they're still, and they still are missing an added layer or two in their shtick, and and I definitely get that. But at least now they feel still somewhat different outside of like the red solo cups and them doing their whole dancing shtick. Now they're a little bit more serious now, and at least for that said progress, I I can freaking take. So just I love the freaking entrance now. And now you got to keep adding layer after layer after layer, as well as W after W. Um, so uh, Rey Mysterio was watching this match backstage. He gets attacked by Logan Paul as he just hits him with that right fist and says, oh, that's all it takes, man. It's just one. That's all it takes. As you know, Carly, on the, of course, people are seeing this on the Tron uh, freaking Escobar sends Carlito to the back. He rushes to the back. He's like, freaking, I got this. And it did not end well for Santos Escobar as the Prophets win this match via a revelation finisher uh, for the W. At least that's what I, uh, I believe that's what it's portrayed to be. So here's the main thing that I, the main positive that I, that I see in all this. That's the Street Prophets, man. Again, finally, they're starting to feel like the heels, right? And listen, we I stated this, man, like about the whole about the whole shtick that is this faction with Lashley. It's just like, okay, you've put Lashley and the Street Profits together, but they're still in their original shtick. There's still nothing different about them. Now you can tell from their mannerisms, even Angelo Dawkins, bro. This is the best version of Ang Angelo Dawkins. I just see the way that he's carrying himself in the ring. He's got a little bit more confidence in him now. Even Michael Cole has stated that. And it just, it just feels just what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, it finally feels different outside of their original shtick. Can it be better? Sure. And it needs to continue to get better. I just hope that they don't get complacent. And this is all we get from this faction. You know, we keep adding layer and layer to where this faction feels like a true dominant freaking faction. So, so I love that, man. And now you got to, and then the W's man, keep them freaking coming. They took that devastating loss and what was it? Fast lane. That was their first legit match as a unit. Did not like that at all. You guys heard it from me on that fast lane, uh, pay-per-view review, which was the good and the bad and the ugly. Not too long ago, freaking went off on that whole freaking freaking that whole spiel. And you know, no, listen, the only thing that you can do now is put them on a winning streak and keep this momentum rocking for the street profits, man, give them a name, give them more of an identity right? Maybe add in, maybe add in another layer, which is maybe another member, you know, freaking, I don't know, a Jade Cargill, a Bianca Belair. These, those are the only two female freaking, you know, female talents that would make sense to be a part of this said faction. Uh, with Jade Cargill, it's probably not going to happen anyway, because it seems like that they want her to be the solo act, the shining star, the shining upcoming star. With Bianca, man, so... And we're going to get to Bianca in just a second. It's just like with Bianca, and I've stated it last week, like Bianca just needs something different. Her character needs to be revamped. And it's just like now she's going going after another said championship. And she's probably going to lose that said championship, as she should. But then after that, where does she go from there? And I'm telling you, man. Why not with why not with Lashley and the Street Profits, bro? Do you know how badass that fucking look would be? Bianca Belair with this version of the Street Profits and freaking Bobby Lashley, dude. I mean, if you're not gonna add Jade Cardgill in there, which I stated couple uh, a couple weeks ago, that's how I would debut freaking Jade Cardgill as such. You you put her in a dominant faction for people that are not so familiar with AEW, because again, I'm just concerned that once you do debut whenever Jade Cargill, Jade Cargill does get her said debut and gets the ball rolling. I just hope that we just don't push her too fast, too soon to these upcoming title pictures and opportunities, if that makes sense to everybody. So if Jade Cargill's going to do her shtick being a solo act, 
And you got Bianca Belair, who right now needs that said change. Why not put her in with with her man, Montez, and with Lashley in this entire faction? Just saying, bro. That, that's that's something that you know you can definitely can add a diff, another layer into into this said faction moving forward and making them truly feel like a dominant freaking faction because as as well as they're they're rocking right now after fast lane they've been doing a tremendous job they attacked freaking Carlito that whole exchange backstage just a couple weeks ago and now we continue this this ball rolling with with this group but they still have another added layer or two missing and i think Bianca Belair when the time comes for her to turn heel that's that's the opportunity is to put her with Montez, her man Montez Ford, and Lashley as in the uh, in the Street Profits. So, but um, but yeah, man. In regards to Carlito and Escobar and L and, and LWO, look, I mean Logan Paul. From just my gut feeling, man, it seems like that that's what WWE could possibly do in regards to putting the title on Logan Paul because it's very marketable. It's a good business decision. Um, which I can very highly see them do. And with Rey Mysterio, it's not, I mean, him holding on to that United States championship is not doing anything for them. And and I, someone made a comment on TikTok in regards to, you know, part-timers holding on to these said championships. And that was something that kind of, you know, came in, uh, you know, came across my mind as well. You know, you already got Roman that is more part-time than fucking ever right now. And then you got Gunther, who's pretty much the, the workhorse right now. You have Seth Rollins, and now you have a mid-card champion, which is Logan Paul. So you have two, your one of your world champions, world championships, and now one of your mid-card titles, and they're both part-timers. But but still, I mean, from a business-wise, it, it's it's a very smart thing to do. And I guess it also sets up potentially an LWO split in regards to uh, Santos Escobar as well as Rey Mysterio and maybe telling a uh, a future story in regards to that. So, um, and with Carlito, man, like as much, and look, I love that Carlito is back. I don't like the fact that he's just, he just now feels just like another added member to this LWO faction. That just, that just doesn't feel like anything. You know, if Carlito's going to come back, like he he needs to feel like Carlito instead of just being another LWO member. So I don't know. That's just that that's just a whole shtick that I have there. But um, but hey, love seeing the Street Profits win freaking matches. Keep that shit going. And hopefully when this whole turn happens with the LWO, hopefully we're all tuning in, giving a shit about it. That's all I can really say as well as for Logan Paul. Logan Paul is probably going to win that United States Championship. It's a good business decision, but is it going to be a decision where it's going to truly benefit us, the fans, moving forward? We shall soon find out. Uh, Speaking of Logan Paul, he was backstage. uh, He had an interview and then runs into Kevin Owens wearing a Rey Mysterio shirt. He, he like, made a certain comment or whatever, um, you know, in regards to Kevin Owens wearing the shirt. Uh, but Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, they enter the fray. And then Kevin Owens says, I can punch you both at the same time at once. And he does. <laughs> he actually freaking does. Like Jamie Noble and other suits and ties were separating the two. And he ends up punching them both square in the face, both at once. So that was kind of like the whole, I guess that was supposed to be like more of like a comedic shtick, I guess. Um, Look, man, with Kevin Owens, dude, so... I guess this is what we're doing with KO. We're going to have him be in a small said feud with Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. You know, freaking Kevin Owens is going to find himself a partner to be in a said match with with Austin Theory and Grayson Waller now. So he's going to be in singles matches with Grayson Waller, Austin Theory, probably in the next said weeks. And then he's going to be in a tag match. And who knows? I mean... Logan Paul and Kevin Owens were face to face. Is that something that WWE can also do down the road as well? I mean, we see a lot of these face offs and you can kind of tell that they're not just planted there just to plant them there. So maybe Logan Paul, Kevin Owens is a future set up, a future said matchup that we could see in the near future. You know, we'll, we shall soon find out as well, but 
but for Kevin, man, so Kevin Owens is just, at least for the, for the test of time, I mean, Kevin Owens, he's going to be partnering up with somebody to take on Theory and Grayson Waller. And guys, what the fuck is it going to do? I mean, it's not, <laughs> I mean, he was teaming up with Sami Zayn that had a place to where they won. They had a nice special moment at WrestleMania winning tag gold. And then th- there was nothing. And now you push him over to SmackDown and now he's pretty much at least what it's setting up to be as such. He's just going to be doing the same exact fucking thing with a different person. So guys, I I don't know, but, but Logan Paul and Kevin Owens, you know, can that be something that they do in the near future? Is that something, is that like a little bit of a tease, you know, before Kevin Owens ran into Grayson Waller in theory was Logan Paul face to face after that interview. So we shall see, man, we, we shall see. Shotzi. Shotzi versus Chelsea Green. Even though this is a, this is SmackDown, <laughs> it's not Monday Night Raw. But shout out to Samantha Irving. Um, so yeah, we get a one-on-one matchup. Chelsea Green hits a missile drop kick. She hits a missile drop kick from the top rope. She's gloating to the crowd. She she does a lazy cover, and Shotzi wins this match via the odds firing, the ultra devastating maneuver. In all of professional wrestling. The roll up. The roll up finish. Or the crucifix roll up finish. As Shotzi wins this match. And that's it. So once again. These female women's tag champions. Are once again fucking losing. Because nobody cares about this women's division. Outside of Becky. Bianca. And Charlotte Flair, maybe a Rhea Ripley in there. And we just have your champions fucking losing. Either treat your champions like fucking champions or get rid of this fucking title. And that's it, bro. That's all I got to say. I've seen enough of Chelsea Green, her losing these matchups because she's too darn good. She's too darn good for what she's got rocking with right now. Her shtick is really darn solid. She's gelled into it. I get it. It's more of a comedic shtick, so she's going to have some more of comedic type of moments. That's fine. Just don't make her come off like a fucking loser. That That's all. Especially her holding onto a championship. That definitely does not help things at all. Just And, that, and that's all I got, man. So Shotzi wins. Yay. <laughs> and that's that's it, man. So... Um, and then Dragon Lee sets up a match with Cedric Alexander later on in the night, and we'll talk about that match later on. However, in hour number two, we got John Cena. His music hits, and he enters the ring. He says that the energy tonight is different. As he talks about 20 years ago, this was when WWE was wanting to fire him. Um, you know, he appreciates the fans for what for what they have given to him over the past 20 years, and he feels like this match. At Crown Jewel, he feels like he's in jeopardy of losing everybody's respect. You know, the crowd chants, he says, you know, they do the, you still got it. You still got it. And then John Cena responds and says, what if I don't? I mean, I I haven't won a match in 2,000 plus days. What if I don't? You know, and he's like, listen, if I don't deliver soon, then I lose this. But I don't want to lose this. You know, like. And he, and he states, he puts the stamper on saying, Crown Jewel is a must win, in, in words of John Cena. Uh, Paul Heyman interrupts. Paul Heyman interrupts, and he says he's, he's out here with not hustle, with no loyalty, but with respect. Um, you know, he talks about drafting John Cena from OVW years ago. And he says that he states like, you know, I raise your kids to be more like you, Cena, than than I do of me. So, you know, he states that he's not the greatest of all time anymore, but he praises his mic skills. Like, you're one of the best talkers that we've ever seen in this industry. You know, it's like you could have been more like me until you pissed off the bloodline. And then he goes into Solo Sokoa. It's like once he hits you with that Samoan spike, man, the one thing that you're best at nowadays is going to be taken away from you. And then that's when Solo Sokoa attacks Cena from behind. He hits, uh, Solo Sokoa hits the Samoan spike, stands tall, and John Cena is laid out in the center of the ring. Um, I liked it, man. I, I liked it. I, I, there was there was substance to this, at least a little bit of substance. Again, there's only so much that you can do 
in such a short amount of time, you know, they're setting up this match legit just just a couple days ago. Um, but there's at least there's substance in the, within this man. John C feels like he needs to win these matches. You know, time is running out for him. And now he's got to overcome, you know, freaking Solo Sokoa out of all people to finally get a win under his belt. You know, and he talks about and Paul Heyman and the connection with with Cena drafting him and, you know, talking about, you know, you're you're the greatest talker because that's all you've been doing. But you haven't been winning, but you've been a great talker as of late. But once you hit with once you get hit with that Samoan spike from Solo, you know, it's a wrap, dude. It's it's a freaking wrap. So I appreciate that. Again, is it simplistic? Yes, <laughs> it, it is. But. Um, I just, I appreciate at least there's a layer into what this matchup or what's, what's leading into this matchup, if that makes sense to everybody. So, and, and that's the thing too, man. I, I mean, with this whole writer strike, you know, what, uh, what does Cena do here? I mean, does John Cena put another guy over that's solo Sokoa? I mean, you would, you would think that that would be an easy decision to make, but you know, here's the thing with Cena. And I've stated this before. It's like, listen, I'm all for Cena putting guys over. But at the same time, man, it's just like how many more losses and how many more guys can Cena put over until until the what's what's the word I'm looking for? Until the mystique of what has made John Cena so special start to kind of fade away. Right, because he's taken loss after loss after loss after big freaking loss, if I may not add. So I don't know, man. It's just like it to me, it's just like the more that he sticks around and the more he just continues to put guys over, which is fine. I don't mind him putting people over, but at the same time, man, it's just how many more losses can you take until like until that mystique about you kind of just runs thin. I hope that just makes sense to everybody. So, so that's the thing, but who's, but, but here's the thing. No, you know, they're teasing, like, you know, he needs a victory. Is that, is this going to be the big victory for John Cena? We're, we're soon going to find out. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, even though I appreciate Cena putting these guys over, I appreciate that aspect, but man, when you've done it so many times, the way John Cena has, it's just, it's a, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just not, it's just not that much of a good look. And I get it. Who knows how long Cena is going to be doing this, especially with this writer strike. Once this get that whole shit get, gets resolved, then he's going to be going right back to Hollywood. So I get it. But I mean, but again, man, and he stated about retirement that it's coming up sooner, but he wants to continue to do this. Um, you know, and, and I mean, we all know, man, John Cena is going to be a guy that's going to continue to come back because he just loves this so much. So if that is the case, man, like how much of him taking a loss after loss after loss, if he is going to continue to do this, it's just like, it's overstating your welcome. If that makes sense. So, but we'll see. Um, but listen, I like, I, I least like the creativity of least trying to get people to care about this said matchup. There's at least something there. And, and that's, and that's it, man. So we'll, we'll see Does solo Sokoa, you know, does he get one of arguably one of the biggest victories in his career or do they give John Cena his, his first singles victory in, in such a long time? You know, we're, we're soon going to find out, but I do respect for what this was, the connection between Paul and John and Cena for this segment you know, Cena going into depth about how this match is a must win because his appreciation for the fans and losing respect and the believability, right? Because the believability that he hasn't won a whole lot of matches. So I like, again, I like always love that layer, that added layer into believability in regards to setting up a said match for a said pay-per-view. So really solid stuff. And we shall see what, uh, what this translates moving forward in regards to Cena and him sticking around and as well as Solo Sokoa um, and his, uh, his involvement with the bloodline moving forward. Uh, Dragon Lee versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, Dragon Lee wins via an inverted DDT. Um, and you guys know, man, when you got a baby face versus a baby face, you gotta have that handshake at the end of the match. We gotta show freaking 
mutual respect. We got a kiss and hug. Like everything's chocolate chip cookies and rainbows. Guys, like I'm so, I'm so fucking over it. Why do we do this all the time? It's just like, you're seeing more. That's the thing about pro wrestling, man. It's just like, you're seeing so many more heel versus heels, baby faces versus baby faces. You're seeing that a lot more than ever in professional wrestling. And it's just like, you know, when, when's enough enough, bro? Like we gotta like slow our roll with that in regards to involving a baby face and a baby face in a match and then just praising it just for it being a really good matchup. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just this, this definitely for something that filled up a good amount of time in the second hour, especially for Cedric Alexander, the dude just comes out of the fucking woodworks it just puts on this matchup with Dragon Lee. So congratulations, Shedrick. Uh, go straight back to catering. There should be uh, some chocolate layered moose cake for you in the back, but appreciate you. <laughs> so, and, and that's all I got, man. I mean, Dragon Lee, I, I don't know where he goes from here. I mean, they're showcasing his wrestling ability, even though we know he's a good wrestler. You know, my first stick or my first assumption that he's going to be involved with LWO, that still could be the case, but we shall soon find out with that as well moving forward. Bianca Belair, uh, she cuts a promo in the center of the ring. She talks about getting attacked by damage control two months ago and how for the first time in her life, she is consumed with vengeance. You know, for two months, she's had to sit on the sidelines and she's had to, you know, replay that moment in her head like it's a bad dream or whatever. And, you know, and then, you know, she's in consumed with getting vengeance on damage control. And she states that she is getting a rematch against EO Sky at Crown Jewel for the WWE Women's Championship. And the segment ends. Damage Control is chatting up backstage. And that's that's truly it. So um look man, I think the, the one thing that I'm that I'm getting out of this, or the only thing that can honestly really get out of this is the fact that Bianca can't win this title. <laughs> that's that's just it. And, and and I actually have a good feeling that she won't. Um, you know, Bianca Belair will not win this championship, nor should she, you know, EO sky. She's rocking with, with some, actually some decent momentum in regards to her title victories as of late. Um, you know, she, you know, finally her, a title reign, a women's title reign is actually for, for what it is feeling as such. And for Bianca Belair to just win back this championship, I just, I, I don't understand how smart of a decision that would be at crown jewel out of all events. I'm just, I'm just saying so. And that's what I mean, man, about Bianca, you know, you know, uh, listen, we love Bianca. We know that she's a tremendous talent, but she needs, she needs a change of direction. She needs a, she needs a revamp in her character. And I'm telling you, man, with Lashley, her man, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, if WWE wants to do this heel turn, which again, who freaking knows, they probably will just keep Bianca Belair as a baby face. I can also see that as well. She does not need to be in any more fucking title matches, right? She she's already she's already one of the longest reigning champions in history. There is no need for her to win that championship. Io Sky needs that victory more than her next week at Crown Jewel. It's just a fucking fact. Io Sky needs to continue that momentum. And Bianca Belair, she's just like I said about Drew McIntyre, she needs a revamp in her character. And what better way, if it's not going to be Jade Cargill, because I stated about Jade Cargill, if it's not her, Bianca Belair is also another great option as well. And that's a direction, if I'm WWE, is where you would lead to, to make Bianca Belair feel as such once again. You know, we know that she's a great talent, you know, but... It's feeling as such in regards to what she is doing. And I hope that just makes sense to everybody. Finally, your main event, uh, LA Knight versus Jimothy Uso. Jimmy Uso hits a Uso splash from the top rope. LA Knight kicks out. LA Knight wins the match via a BFT finisher. Post-match, Roman Reigns looks to spear LA Knight. Similar setting to when he speared him uh, not too long ago, about two weeks ago. Uh, he's looking to spear him. L.A. Knight sidesteps it, and L.A. Knight hits the BFT to Roman Reigns, and L.A. Knight is standing tall as SmackDown goes off the air. Very well done. Uh, very, very well done. In regards to the post-match, um, 
you know, Roman Reigns, he's trying to gain the upper hand similar to when Roman Re- or to when LA Knight um won not too long ago, won a said match. I believe that was against uh I believe against Solo Sokoa a week or two ago. And the and the the night ended with Roman spearing freaking LA Knight into next week. But now this week, it's a completely uh it was a completely different scenario as now the tie the tables have turned. And L.A. Knight is the one gaining the upper hand. You know, Roman tries to do the same thing, trying to hit the spear, trying to blindside L.A. Knight. And L.A. Knight sees it coming, and he hits that BFT uh, to Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns is laid out. Freaking like it, man. I just, I really appreciate, you know, just how they are making L.A. Knight look and feel as such. For for somebody that has been freaking just going nuts, (laughs) For somebody that has wanted this for LA Knight for so long, to give him, you know, that spotlight, to give him that ball and to run with it, and to see him end the night standing tall through and just from the entire show, feeling like a legit threat and feeling like shit, this dude might actually win the freaking championship next week. But still, he's not going to. We know that. <laughs> But but still, it, it's the way L.A. Knight came across in the show, just really, truly feeling like a legit threat, a legit challenger. This dude was a bona fide star from start to end of the show and freaking loved it. I, I love the way L.A. Knight was portrayed. And, you know, it just but again, then at the end of the day, it sucks that L.A. Knight's got to take this loss in such a short amount of time getting up into this match and. It's, you know, really derailing the momentum that he's on right now. Um, I just hope that they do this match in a way to where he doesn't lose that much steam. I mean, you'd think that Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso is going to get involved. Um, so we'll, we'll, we, we shall soon find out, man. So really solid way to end the show. That post-match show, Roman Reigns, he's trying to do the similar similar spear attack that he did a week or two ago. But this time, LA Knight, he, uh, he gains the upper hand. And he's the one standing tall um, over Roman Reigns. Again, man, LA Knight from start to finish truly felt like a star in this show. And for somebody that has freaking that has wanted this for this for, for LA Knight, you know, somebody that has wanted LA Knight to take this ball and run with it for WWE to finally be behind him. It's just it's really cool to see. The match itself between between Jimmy and LA Knight, you could tell as well the chemistry was not all there. I don't know how many times these dudes have faced, you know, maybe in live events or such, but the chemistry was just not there. You can tell they're like they're whispering a lot. They're trying to like get on the same page in regards to the next spot or whatever. So, you know, but still it was a it was fine match. Nothing that was ugly, but you could tell like the chemistry was just a little bit off between those two. Um, but LA Knight, man, he's standing tall. He's continuing to ride that momentum, but it just sucks that we know what's to come ahead starting next week. But for this night, for tonight, LA Knight was a bona fide star. And props to Roman Reigns for putting this dude over, his facial expressions, everything that Roman Reigns did in the contract signing, him selling the BFT, which he did fucking flawlessly. Just really good, solid stuff, man. It just sucks that we're just rushing into this. That's the only That's the only negative thing that I have about this, man, is like Crown Jewel, LA Knight versus Roman. I mean, this is something that down the road for your bigger events that you could have saved, you know, unless maybe they do this, they run it back again at maybe the Royal Rumble with a specific stipulation. Guys, I don't know. Um, all, I know it, all I know is, is that this is 100% rushed. You know, they want to, you know, that's the thing that WWE does, man. They they like to rush things. They want to just, you know, just go, go, go. Let's just get to this matchup and let's just roll with the punches later. But there's never a long-term plan for these people in regards to the, the momentum that they're on. You know, so again, Sami Zayn was a perfect example. He lost that championship. He got a tag team championship. He got a consolation prize. But after that, there was nothing. And I truly hope after what you saw in this show for what this dude could be and should be that his momentum does not derail once he loses this championship match. Does that happen? 
We shall soon find out. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast, everybody. Uh, this was your SmackDown review for uh, October 27, 2023 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So once again, man, I do apologize to everybody for not being as consistent with content as of late. But once Brian Thomas comes back next week, uh, we will definitely be more. We'll be back on a consistent schedule moving forward. But thank you guys for tuning in, whether you're on Spotify, man, or Apple Podcasts. Always appreciate you guys tuning in to every single episode. And of course, make sure you guys follow us on social medias. Make sure to check out our Facebook group and join our Facebook group, as well as Instagram and TikTok. Follow us. That is ruthless underscore talk. We are well beyond a thousand followers on TikTok. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody that has followed that platform. And if you guys are checking out this uh, this podcast for the first time, you know we appreciate you being on board. We appreciate you being a part of this community. And of course, you know don't. Uh, Losing my train of thought. As well as next week. As well as next week, make sure you guys stay tuned uh, for a special announcement in regards to a said episode that we got coming up for Survivor Series. Uh, that is going to be when Brian Thomas comes back next week. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. It's a lot of juicy stuff coming your way for you guys as we are now on the cusp of Survivor Series. We're on the cusp of the Royal Rumble. And now we're getting this ball rolling. And a lot of fun uh, is going to be uh, a lot of fun is going to be had over the next several weeks and months as we get closer into 2024. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode, everybody. And until next time, and there will be a next time. My name is James Porcelli, and your boy is signing off saying salute. Peace out. Take care, everybody.